0: Hey Noobers, welcome back to another episode of the Noobs Podcast. Today it's live seafood cooking with Daniel Mann uh, right next to the Gabber Adreno store in Brisbane. Um, I'm not sure honestly how well the audio is going to come across and tell the story. Um, if you'd like to, um, this is terrible marketing of me, um, go and watch the video on the Adreno YouTube channel because they filmed it using, I think, five cameras and hopefully they tell a little bit more of the story or if you just want to go and check it out later and listen to today's episode, because the audio format uh, might not carry all of the detail, um, but hey, well, I did have a good yarn of Dan and we had some fun as well. But if you're new here, welcome to the Noob Spirit Podcast, it's interviews with spearfishing experts, authorities and characters. Daniel Mann is very much one of them, he has a huge YouTube channel, it's um, held in high regard, he's a great storyteller, he... Um, He's self-deprecating and he teaches awesome lessons, particularly if you are in that new sort of uh, couple of years and you're still very open and, and learning everything. Even if you've been spearing a long time, um, one of the great joys of spearfishing is self-mastery and the ongoing learning journey as you go. Hey, um, today's episode, I'm actually over in WA right now so i've recorded this intro um, in advance because um, i have gone over to go diving with burt calder and wa record a bunch of episodes and have an absolute blast it's care of patron listeners there's 52 of them right now on patreon.com forward um, slash these 52 they support the show on an episode by episode basis and there's three different levels you can do that at if you want to help fund trips because you love the show Go to patreon.com forward slash noobspiro. But it's not a huge marketing pitch. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, all good. There's zero obligation. But hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's Live Seafood Cooking with Daniel Mann. Let's do it. Hey! I can't wait to get into today's episode Brought to you with proud partner Adreno.com.au The Noob Sparrow podcast has been partnering with Adreno.com.au for more than 100 episodes And these guys are awesome They have uh, huge spearfishing mega stores All over the country You can shop online or in store Use the code Noob Spiro Whenever you spend more than $200 And you will automatically save $20 That's right, use the code Noob Spiro Online or in store when you spend more than $200 And save $20 I love these guys I remember the first time I brought a spear game at adreno.com.au down at the and Gabber store and Adreno have been a huge part of the excitement that I have about spearfishing. Check them out at adreno.com.au. Use the code noobspero to save. Neptonics was founded in 1996 making trigger mechs in a barn in the Santa Cruz mountains. Solid gear that works was their founding principle and it still rings true today in every pull of a Neptonics trigger in every snap of a Neptonics band and in every whiz of a Neptonics spear gun reel singing with the power of another big fish. But a great deal, you can use the code NOOB10 to save 10% off anything and everything at neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works, equipment you can rely on. Save 10% off any order at neptonics.com when you use the code NOOB10. Um, so we're going to have a bit of a cook-up tonight. Dan and I have got some mystery ceviche. Some mystery, mystery bits for raw fish, yes. And then we've got... Some mystery... Um, something else. Uh, flaps. Uh, belly flaps. Mystery flaps. <laughs> uh, mystery belly flaps. Mystery flaps. That'll be the title of this episode. <laughs> mystery flaps
1: uh, and, and sausages. And attempting to um, reverse butterfly a fish without cocking it up. And that's Josh Nealand. I mean, a... Um yeah, I just saw it in his book and I was No, like, you said good. you were gonna do it
0: exactly like Josh Nealand.
1: He does it with like a little uh, small fish and well this one's small anyway. We'll give it a go. It's uh yeah.
0: Cool. It's good. Um, so we've got the Interpack guys out there fundraising for sending four legends over to compete. So buy sausages, um, help yourself to free beers and drinks. Um, I'm sure we've got an emergency evacuation plan. I don't know what it is, so we'll just head that way. Um, other than that, I think we'll have a few brews. Make sure you're drinking, because I get funnier. And um, let's cook up a storm. All right. Um, I think admin's covered. Adreno's open next door for all your spearfishing needs. There's Jeremy. He'll help you. Um, open to 8 o'clock. Open till all hours. All, all hours. Until the door's shut. <laughs>
1: Well, firstly, I'd just like to say thank you for everyone coming out to giving up your Thursday night um, to come and see me put something together uh, that might be tasty or might not be tasty. Um, also, just for the fundraising for the Interpacifics team, um, I've done a, a few international competitions and they are super pricey. So um, any sort of funding that you can do by buying raffle tickets or sausages, yeah, I'm sure is greatly appreciated for everyone because um, most of the time in Australia and uh, in the UK, it's all just... Self-funded, I, mean, I, went, I went to Finland recently and I think I spent about 3,000 pounds just to go for a week diving in a, in a lake shooting 300 gram fish, but um, yeah. it was good fun. But yeah, anything you can contribute to the team, I'm sure will be greatly appreciated.
0: So we're gonna get Dan Cook and he's gonna start cutting stuff up. Um, we're gonna have a massive Q and A section. Thank you everyone for coming and saying hello. Um, it's awesome to host Dan, he's got a huge YouTube channel, if you don't subscribe already, check that out on YouTube. I think he's got like 55 subscribers or something, massive for spearfishing. Something like spear that, something side. like that. Um,
1: so the first thing I'm going to do ironically is not actually cooking anything. Um, something I've just picked up over the last little while, uh, that I've fallen in and out of love with over my time is uh, a raw fish. Um, I used to get right into Spanish mackerel pokey bowls until one day I filleted a Spanish mackerel at the tweed boat ramp. And if you've ever been to the tweed boat ramp when it's busy, you'll realise that um, the filleting table is full of bacteria and crap and I cut it all up and didn't do a lot of food hygiene and was... um, a little upset in the guts over the next couple of days, so I, I got turned off raw fish for a long time. But um, doing a bit of travel this year uh, reignited my love for doing some raw fish, and so I was going to do one. What's, t-
0: what's the go with this? Oh. What's the go with this food hygiene thing? You've changed since you moved to the UK, Dan.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just I'm just a bit a bit fussy on food hygiene. Like if I cook chicken on a chopping board, I don't use that chopping board for the rest of the night. I use a different knife. I'm just a bit. No, I just better to be safe than sorry. Everyone's grateful that you're cooking and not me. Then yeah, so. fair enough. Um, so the other thing that's good about um, raw fish that uh, I like is it doesn't necessarily have to be a quality fish that you know we're traditionally used to of saying oh you, you know we off Brisbane here most of the time it's mangrove jack, parrot fish, tusk fish, Spanish mackerel, all that sort of stuff. And you don't um, you tend to shy away from things like. Um, uh, even mullet, like nobody shoots mullet here, but um, I've had some fantastic raw mullet in, in my time. Uh, even things like barracuda, I had some amazing barracuda raw um, a couple months ago in Greece. It's it's a really tasty fish, and just because a fish isn't good for um, you know certain applications like pan frying or doing something like that with, doesn't mean it's not good for other things. Um, which. Is the whole, one of the big points of the Noob Spiro 99
0: Spearfishing Recipes Cookbook. It's a great pump, and if I was organised, I would have 50 copies here for all of you guys to buy, but they're still being printed. So thanks, Daniel, for your meaningless promotion. <laughs> nah, 99 spare Recipes, it'll be available everywhere in Adreno stores, I'm hoping early November. Dan submitted, I think, five recipes. And they're mostly rip-offs of somebody else's recipe, but they're way. very good anyway, and um, that's what we do.
1: Uh, so tonight, uh, I've got one fish that is considered a decent fish. Um, sorry, are we going to do a live? Sorry,
0: just quick admin. Um, I will do like a live on uh, Instagram through Dan Mann's Instagram. So if you want to like look on the screen, good hey Brandon. How are you, buddy? Um, I will. Ha- you'll be able to watch that on your smartphone, so you can have an overhead view of what he's doing because it's kind of fiddly some of the stuff. It Says checking connection. Okay. I've never gone live before. Um, This could be massive for your Instagram. You could get 56 subscribers on YouTube. Big time. You are now live. We are live. I'm now live with Daniel Mann. Uh, We're in the Adreno mechanic shop next door to the shop in uh, Willingabba, Brisbane. Um, And we're going to do some live cooking. Yes. Daniel's about to chop up some mystery fish for ceviche? No, sashimi.
1: Capaccio, capaccio? Okay. it depends where it's from, but we'll call it ceviche, capaccio type thing. It'll have lemon on it, so okay.
0: yeah. So if you guys do want to have your phones out, you're more than welcome to, because I'll have an overhead shot. So it'll be on the Noob Spiro Live. That way you can sort of see this angle as well. Yeah. We're trying a new
1: tech thing here. Definitely. Um, so this is two fish, uh, just to maybe illustrate that fish that you don't traditionally shoot for fish and chips or baking or something like that. Um, can be used for other things um, so one of the best actual carpaccios that I've had recently um, is lionfish those fluffy oh, yeah. fluffy things with the poisonous spines um, Invasives yeah, in yeah, half the Invasive. yeah they're invasive in the south um, eastern mediterranean so if you if you go diving you have to go diving with scissors so you shoot them in the head and cut the spines off and so you don't get done they make great uh, carpaccio so very simple i don't get too technical on it i just cut Reasonably thin, thin bits because I don't like chewing through a lot of um,
0: big bits. And so I like, I like this too, because you can do it on the boat. So for those that are I did this in New
1: Zealand. Yeah, totally. I think,
0: I think it's better if you leave it for a while. Yeah, it is. It's better if it sort of sets and rigor starts to set in, but Um, if you even if you have it on ice for an hour or two, you can have really good sashimi at the boat ramp. Definitely. Bit of soy sauce helps. That's pretty much all you need other than a sharp knife. Yeah. Um,
1: if you want to make it super pretty, you can cut it into, um, you know, pieces and lay it in a, a fashion that looks like a um, flower, a flower or something like that. Yeah, You've uh, got
0: some flowers too. We've got edibles over I've here. We've got edibles um, of the flower variety. Um, not of the UK variety because of all the gloom over there. Yeah, edibles are
1: um, ubiquitous there at the moment. It's um, mm. yeah, very easy to get a hold of. But anyway, that's uh, not here or there. Uh, So, I normally just chop up a bit, and if you want to make it super, you know, presentable on a plate, you can lay it out any way you want, but... Are
0: we going to share this with people?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, anyone's welcome to... to When are we going to do a
0: mystery taste test? People had to guess Uh, what species it was? Well, yeah.
1: Um, one of them I didn't shoot, so, um, that's a, a clue about what it could be if anyone follows me on Instagram and I've shot some fish over the last couple of weeks, but,
0: um... Sashimi for a lot of people, any of these raw dishes is quite intimidating, I think. Totally. Um, um, f- for people that have been around spearfishing a while and and are spoiled with the amount of seafood we get, it might not be such a big deal. But for people that have never tried raw fish, um, speak to them. How do you reassure them that it's not going to kill them or hurt them? or?
1: I, I think... Um, Give them monkeypox. Monkeypox. Uh, one of the, the best things about being a spearfish is you get your own fresh fish and you can treat it how you want so as long as you, you know, shoot a fish, put it on ice and be quite clean in your prep I don't think you've got really anything to worry about. If you start cutting it up on a brick or the concrete at the boat ramp or you know, an old filleting table you might have some problems but um, everything's generally pretty clean. Um, cool. So yeah just give it a go, I mean try everything once. Um, yeah I was I was very sceptical when a friend of mine started chopping up a mullet for a I
0: was like, what are you doing? Um, it's not traditionally like a sashimi food either, because it's so Italians oily. love it. Yeah,
1: uh, but really? it was not, it's not, um, maybe they're slightly different there, but um, they're quite white meat, and um, yeah, they'll take the one side of the. He took one side of the fillet for capaccio, just with some bits that I'll do, yeah. and um, the other side for a risotto, made a stock out of the frame and all that, and it was, um, it was pretty tip top.
0: Talking about Italians, yes. you have been trying to evangelize the spearfishing world by oh, adopting cassette. the pissets, yes. I talk it, about that awkwardness. The 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 tube, if you've never seen one, it
1: is, for lack of a better term, a uh, a neoprene uh, condom that you slip over the old fella. <laughs> um, That's not a good description. <laughs> You're doing nothing here. I mean, nothing's better than being in your, being able, to be, pissing in your wetsuit, outside of your wetsuit while being in your wetsuit. That's true. Um, I mean, I'm a a big convert of the the P-tube. It looks a bit funny at the boat ramp, but you don't stink, you don't get the rashes. It's actually warmer because you don't introduce water into your um, wetsuit. Um, And so it's not really a problem around here because the water's positively tropical.
0: Um, Yeah, but like, it's so annoying taking off a jacket then pulling down a, you know, like a Farmer John. Like, we've all been there. I don't know anyone. um, We've all been in the car with three or four other blokes that all smell as fantastic as we do. I think the person that I've, Hate the
1: most to dive with because of his smell will be Bryson also on the <laughs> Pacific teams. I mean that guy is just he's pungent um, and his his wetsuits you know look like not even not even flies would land on them. Um, but yeah, uh, the Italians make the the P tube and yeah it's great I like it.
0: I'm chatting yeah. with Bryson tomorrow so that'll be a bit of tip for Ted I think Bryson and Tim recently took out the Australian uh, champs and um, they did it in style too so newly released comp format, so. And I'm sure you'll hear a lot of uh, Spanner stories. Complaining. Where um, does the nickname Spanner come from?
1: Uh, I think I used to get called Nana Arms because I had um, small arms. Um, believe it or not, when I, were, when I got married nine years ago, I was 10 kilos lighter than I am now. Okay. Which is um, not a lot. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I had arms like a chicken. Um, so you like bulked up. Yeah, up? Yeah, well. If this is bulking, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think Bryson just said that that guy's a bit of a tool. So he said spanner instead of nanorams. Spanner, um, and that's where it comes from. Ah,
0: I guess. Very clever. Uh, so anyway, that's enough on this plate for, okay. for two different bits. Have uh, we got um, chopsticks? How are we serving up this mystery sashimi? Uh, what are we serving it with, too? What do we got here? So this is
1: essentially what I start with. Just a, a nice uh, plate of. Chopped bits. You can chop this as rough as you want. I mean, you can, if you want small pieces, like when you're cutting up lionfish, they tend to be quite small, so you can get just chunks, however you like the texture, but that's just the easiest way I've cut that up there. Uh, so, what I normally do from here, the usual sort of stuff, if it grows together, it goes together. Um, fish live in salt water generally, so salt. I always put a bit of salt on there just to season it with that. Then pepper, because pepper slaps.
0: Um, I notice you upped the normal Aldi. Um, I just stole this out of my brother's kitchen uh, uh, okay. on the way here because I didn't want to buy, buy it myself. Your brother's um, got a, a better grocery budget than you do?
1: Definitely. Uh, he has a job. That's a big thing uh, for
0: him.
1: Uh, <laughs> but yeah, jobs are overrated. I don't know how anyone has time for a job. Um, you just have a YouTube channel. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, so off I like, camera conversation. That is an off-camera conversation. Okay. Um, I like to use a little bit of... Uh, spring onion shallots echelons whatever you want to call it just these things what is
0: the deal with that like you notice Uh, with the cookbook like we had a massive sort of vocabulary issue they call them like scallions or something don't they scallions or something like that yeah Yeah.
1: i think when people say echelons or scallions they normally refer to a football ovular type onion that's the bulb with the bulb yeah, it's red though, like it's a red, sort oh, of like a green, like what you'd see a red onion is, yeah. um, and that sort of stuff. So, they're just a bit milder, maybe a bit sweeter, high sugar content. But anyway, I just like to get this stuff and go quite fine because I don't want to have big chunks of this.
0: Look at that knife game. Oh, geez. How come you haven't used any of the Noob Sparrow Knife, Stan?
1: Uh, because they are more for processing fish with the shape versus this one, which is more of a, a cooking knife. Um, okay.
0: Good excuse.
1: But the Noobs Bureau knives do look very nice. I've seen the, the six inch boner in there. Um, six inch boner. It's an intimidating knife for many go reasons. With the
0: mystery flaps and the sausages. <laughs> Numerous sausages tonight. Where, where are we going with this? Uh,
1: well, just the shape on it is, is, is really nice. I've, that's my preference of a, a knife uh, shape. Six inch boning knife. It's got a curve on it. It's got a point on it so you can get out fish skin yeah. and that sort of stuff. Um, my own personal one. Uh, I had to buy a red one because I had a black one and I, I, it was forbidden for Tim McDonald to touch my red knife because he would always just cut it on stainless steel. But that's, that's the knife I use and it's virtually identical in shape. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one that you've got in the
0: kit. New Zealand, mate. Victory knives. Um, just talk about that longer knife for a sec. Why, why do you like it? As opposed to like a, the other knife we were talking about? Uh, I like the Jarvis Walker. Fishing uh, uh, yeah. So um,
1: if anyone remembers Rex Hunt, surely um, they were all, on all those fishing shows. They would always use like super flexible knives. You could bend in half and I went out and bought one like most people and I put it back in the drawer uh, shortly after because you know, too much flex, too much flex for me. I mean, some people are great with them, but you, for any of the fish around here in, in Brisbane and Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, generally they're over a kilo or two. Yeah. So you don't really need to be doing these ones. Yeah. Um, right on. But yeah, that's a nice one. I'd probably use that for skinning just because of its um, length, just to get yeah, and take the skin off a of fillet, which would be good. Um, I have a big, I think they're called a salmon knife. They have a round end on them uh, that I use for skinning. So you can skin a, um,
0: you know- you can Are skin you a any good kilo. at skinning?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, right.
0: I can, I can skin, a fi- skin a fillet, yeah. Some days I go all right and some days I'm just woeful. Um, Very inconsistent.
1: Depends on the fish as well. Some fish with big scales are really easy to skin because they tend to be a lot more tough mm-hmm. instead of uh, fish say, like a, a Spanish mackerel. A Spanish mackerel is an absolute dog to fillet. Mm. So most of the, uh, not fillet, uh, sorry, the, uh, they're great to fillet, but skinning them is, is, another, is another thing entirely. Uh, so some really fine shallots, spring onions, whatever you want to call them, I just sort of sprinkle them evenly over the top because they add a bit of flavour, a bit of crunch, a bit of, a bit of that over the top, nothing. Are we going to add oil or are we just going to Oh, gonna big go? time. Oh, okay. Oh, I've got a lot to do. Did you bring the, the grater that I requested? No. Okay. We we will not have lemon zest. Uh, So, next. You could
0: chop it up really finely with one of those awesome Noob spirit Knives.
1: I could probably do that. Uh, Because I am slightly older, um, I like to put chili on things because that's what happens when you reach about 25. You start liking pepper, mushrooms, capers, olives, all the sort of stuff that you turn your nose up at when you're 18. Start
0: actually liking beer. that will be some of the young fellas in the audience I reckon. Uh, yeah,
1: um, so I like to put a, a few chili flakes on. Obviously, if you don't like chili, don't put chili flakes on. But it just adds a little bit of something onto it. Um, so this is probably what I would serve somebody that's a bit, you know, cautious about raw fish. You know, you don't want to just go here, have a slab, take a bite sort of thing. Uh, if you add a few flavors into it, it's generally pretty nice. Um, I will add the... It's looking pretty schmick. The lime juice first. Um, just because if you put oil on it first, oil is a water repellent. So the lime juice doesn't get in first. So um, if you're using a lemon, lemon or lime doesn't really matter. I just like limes because they don't have seeds in them generally in this country. So you can just squeeze those over. But if you've got a lemon, if you hold it that way, you don't get seeds all through it. So hey, you, yeah, saw some that, tricks there. Saw that on a chef once uh, that I was filming. Um,
0: so I always get like it goes everywhere, including my eye normally. Um, and why are you good at presentation when I've found most spiros are not? Because
1: I have a wife who's an interior designer and always wants to see me make things look better than they do so um, yeah I don't know if it's great presentation I mean it's getting there but uh, yeah that's good uh, so after that I decent olive oil if you get um, extra virgin olive oil it actually tastes good and if you can find one that says extracted solely by mechanical means, that means, you know, it's not been boiled with water to filter out yeah. the oils and actually has a taste to it. Um, this one said first cold press, so it might be all right.
0: I was listening to a guy on Joe Rogan the other day. He was talking about all the different oils and half of them get bleached and all sorts of oils. Oh, totally, yeah. in them. It sounds like olive oil is kind of like one of the picks of the bunch. I did a olive oil tasting, you know, when you do
1: like wine tasting, but yeah. I did one for olive oil. It's very, very intimidating yeah, um, yeah. because the... The person that I did it with was very, um, she was very passionate about olive oil and the health benefits and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you taste sort of corn oil or sesame oil next to it, it just doesn't have any flavor to it. Um, so while that's
0: curing, are we going to go to some-
1: oh, We're not okay, done sorry. yet. Um, also, oregano. I'd, I'd be done, see, I'd already be eating. Oh, just, it's, it's all about, about layers, Shrek, you know, like onions and Shrek and layers. You see the reference?
0: Yeah. No? Okay, it's cool. good. Cool. Really good, Daniel. Um, so I can see why you got all 55 of those subscribers, mate. Big time. Uh, if, it, if it grows, to, like
1: I keep saying it, uh, I had a Greek mate say it before. He said all the good stuff in life that goes together, olives, uh, olive together. oil, seafood, it all grows by the sea in Greece. And so it all tastes really good together. So this is just some fresh oregano. Generally, you have to grow it yourself to oregano, oregano, um, oregano, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just give it a fine shot because the leaves
0: on this one are pretty hectic. They look real healthy over there, are they like right into permaculture and you know growing all the stuff um, and
1: I think without
0: pesticides and
1: I definitely use pesticides and that sort of stuff but I think it's because the fishing over there there's such a scarcity of fish that you have to use everything you can and then you yeah. get a bit more creative when you don't have a lot um, like all these dishes like um, the it's just uh, a pasta dish. It's very famous. It's just tomatoes, garlic, chili, oil and pasta. And it's just because that's all they can grow where they are yeah, in that yeah, village. Yeah, yeah. And they make the best that they can. So when you don't have a lot of stuff, um, you tend to make it really nice. Um, so I just sprinkle some oregano leaves over the top. And that's kind of you can leave it at that. But I've raided my dad's garden just to make it a little prettier. These are uh, dianthus,
0: dianthus, you dianthus, said there,
1: yeah. uh, so the petals are ed- edible, so it just adds a little bit of uh, colour on there. You know, if you're presenting this for someone, you go, oh, this, this looks really nice. It's, they're probably going to froth over it with you know, leaves and that sort of stuff. Josh, um,
0: Josh Nealand eat your heart out, you reckon? Yeah, he
1: just throw a little bit for colour and that sort of stuff. Um, if anyone
0: hasn't got Josh Nealand's books too, by the way, absolute game changers for seafood. Is it Nealand um, or Nyland? I, I don't, I always said an and now I think everyone says Neil an and so I just kind of adopted okay. that. But I butcher half the stuff I say so everyone just sort of goes oh. There was something you said funny the other day that I really laughed at, and I forgot what it was. Yeah. Something on the new spirit podcast. Tomato. Tomato. Uh, what yeah, was
1: it? I know. Um, oh no, it was uh, on the latest episode when Chris Coates said uh, there's a Karen instead of a Karen. On oh these things, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a Karen on my some channel. Karen some some on Karen comments Some Karen. I was like, it's yeah. definitely Karen. Um, Anyway, that's, the only other thing I would probably do on that is just shave, uh, if you had a, um, a grater, you can just get some of the just zest, you, you, zest didn't, off. you didn't ask me for a grater, did you? I totally did, I left you a voicemail on your um, I don't, on Who listens to voicemails? Uh, apparently not you. Um, anyway, if you chop it up super fine, it might work. Um, but yeah, grating some, some citrus zest on there is generally.
0: Just, you just want everyone to see how poorly that looks. That looks terrible, so we probably won't put that
1: on there. But anyway, that's um, if you let that sit that in the fridge for maybe half an hour, that will be ready to eat. Um, okay, cool. It's best when it's cold. You can already see that some of the fish is starting to go white. That's the um, curing. The curing, yeah, the curing process. So it kind of it's not strictly raw because it's cured a little bit, but uh, it just makes it a little less offensive for, for people that aren't used to. Um, raw fish, so... Looks good. Do we have a fridge? We've got your esky. Oh, it's not going to fit in that. Okay. Oh. Uh, um, there's no. an esky at the back there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, we get, let's do that. Well, let's do the, mis- the mystery pot, and then we'll fire up the barbecue and get that on the barbecue. Uh, okay. So that's one. Um, so that's the start. We're going to put that in the, the drinks, esky? Yeah, we'll put that in the drinks. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so the other thing... Um, Big on uh, after travelling to places that don't have a lot of fish is trying to use as much of it as possible. I get uh, nightmares when I think about all the fish wings and other parts of fish that I've thrown out over the years living in Brisbane because you just have such an abundance of fish, it's really easy just to take the fillets off, get lazy and throw the rest out. Um, I I distinctly remember throwing out a frame of a 10 kilo Red Emperor that I didn't eat the wings on which is just pretty naughty. Uh, so I brought along a uh, set of uh, wings and, and belly flap off a fish uh, that I nice shot.
0: I'm just going to put this down for two and have a little cleaner. Last week.
1: Last week or the week before. Um, just to sort of show, illustrate how much meat you are sort of you know, missing out on if you don't take this part of the fish. Um, oh yeah, where's that paper towel gone? Oh, yeah. because that's another thing that we're big on in the Noobs Bureau cookbook is using parts of the fish that aren't always utilized by people. Um, it's got a little bit of grass on it still, but anyway, that's all right. Um, so this is a, uh, a fish wing or fish throat collar. Uh, they like to call them collars. It's a very popular name for them. Um, I actually saw kingfish collars on a menu in Brisbane on the weekend. Uh, which, which restaurant? Yoko. Oh, yeah. At Howard Smith Wharves. Okay, It was all right.
0: Okay, It
1: wasn't amazing. But
0: I think we're getting better with sustainable seafood as Spiro. Sometimes, as you were mentioning, because we've got such an abundance of the resource, we can sometimes use less of it than we possibly possibly should. Absolutely. Because it requires a bit of extra effort.
1: I mean, like this doesn't require too much effort at all. But um, that is uh, the wings. So you can sort of see that's the that part of the fish. Um, there yeah. that normally gets thrown out I've probably thrown out over a hundred of these uh, in my life so
0: this mystery fish does anyone want to take a guess? anyone want to take a guess what species it is? I heard Jewfish any cool. more guesses? Any, any other guesses?
1: not a Jewfish
0: not a Jewfish?
1: Latest Calcaripha <laughs> uh, Latest calcarifer Anyone? i no, shot it not me bro Anyone? Barramundi. Yeah, spot on. So this is um, the belly flap off a 13 and a half kilo Barramundi and yeah, it's a lot of meat that you generally throw out. I mean, it's got a bit of weight to it if you had a spare hand to pick it up.
0: Yeah. But, um, so what we, what, what's the plan with this?
1: So I keep this sort of stuff simple when it's a fish like this with big scales. Uh, the scales tend to protect um, it when you put it on a barbecue. So we've got these fish rubs here. I've never used them, but I heard they are pretty spot on. It's honky Outdoors. Honky outdoors. Ben Honky. Um, I've never actually got to use his uh, so stuff he's got, before. It's
0: a salt bay. It's just a rub. You can yeah. pretty much use it if you're smoking fish, if you're barbecuing. He sent me some, but I never shot any fish on the trip that I took them on. Well, I thought <laughs> it's a good opportunity to use it tonight while we're Yeah, barbecuing. so we'll
1: um, throw that on the barbecue um, and, yeah, just... So yeah, that goes. Uh, The other thing about belly flaps on fish is they tend to have a lot more fat around the rib cage. You can sort of see there, there's a lot of fat and marbling in that compared to say something that doesn't have any fat and marbling in it like that. Um, Yeah, so that tends to make it a bit more tasty, a bit of a different flavor. Um, And these you just eat like a chicken wing. So it's sort of like KFC.
0: Cool. Um, so we're going to barbecue this barramundi with that fish wrap. We've got the carpaccio. 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 Carpaccio or carpaccio? Two Cs. Carpaccio. Okay. I think. Yep. yep. Um, so that's chilling off. So we're going to break for five.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, get yep. the barbecue, make sure the barbecue works. Mm. And then going to attempt to show you how to make a lot of fish, uh, a small fish go a long way um, because... Uh, where I live at the moment, you have to do that because there's a lot of small fish. So yeah, one of the things I've picked up off Josh Neeland is um, a reverse butterfly. So I'm going to attempt to do that uh, to show you how good
0: that can be. So we're going to have a break for five guys. Feel free to mingle, grab a beer, grab a sausage, support the uh, Interpax team and we'll, we'll, we'll be back after a short interlude.
2: I just love a functional and simple spear gun that I can trust when I pull the trigger. Killshot Spear Guns utilize the finest of kiln-dried Burmese teak. Killshot Spear Guns also combine American-made parts and fine craftsmanship to bring you accurate, reliable, and simple spear guns that you can trust fish after fish. Get $30 off any Killshot Spear Gun at KillshotSpearGuns.com. Yes and amen, Newber. That's $30 off American-made performance spear guns. At killshotspieguns.com, I'm really sorry for this terrible accent. Brought to you by Ed Martin at Killshotspearguns.com
0: Nubis, good news. Did you know that every pair of Penetrator fins receives a protective layer of Kevlar 49 multi-axial reinforcement? You even know what that means? It means that it prevents chips and cracking. It means you're going to get longevity. Out of your fins, and that's exactly what you need when you're spending some dollars on some good fins. Visit penetratorfins.com. Get yourself a pair of reinforced, super tough fins with beyond industry warranty at penetratorfins.com. Use the code noobspero to save $25 on any pair of penetrator blades. That's right. Use the code NoobSpear to save $25 on any pair of blades at penetratorfins.com. Sometimes with weather and commitments, it's a long time between drinks and your spearfishing journey. If you want a dry training program that can keep you in some kind of shape for spearfishing, check out Ted Hardy's 28-day freediving transformation at noobsparrow.com forward slash Ted. That's noobspero.com forward slash Ted. Now the 28-day freediving transformation is just a practical dry training plan that Ted Hardy will walk you through and it will help you get results even if you can't get wet at the moment. Check it out at noobspero.com forward slash TED. Got a sweet deal for you today, guys. Go to freedivingfamily.com and learn from Adam Stern and a select team of experts on different disciplines. There's Frenzel, Advanced Frenzel, and Hands-Free Equalization, Mouthful, Deep Frenzel Equalization, BiFitting Essentials. These are courses that will give you the 1% that will allow you to improve. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. Again, that's the code SPIRO to get 20% off at freedivingfamily.com. Thanks, Adam and team. Love it. One of the recipes in the book was from Sam Clothier, the wet mammal. Yes. And he freezes up all his wings from different species. On, but on football nights, he just pulls out all the wings, yeah. dusts them, does them all. So you might be having, you know, five different species on one plate. Not but in it's the UK, great... there's, only, there's only like oh, three, three things to shoot. But he's been Fiji, Sydney, Sure. so yeah.
1: Has anyone um, not tried wings? Has anyone, does anyone do this on the regular? Does anyone take the wings? A lot of blank. For, we've got one, one person, a
0: couple of, couple of people. Um, who's like me and just Daniel doesn't Hanning. actually go spearfishing, just talks about spearfishing. All right, a couple down the back, thanks guys.
1: Right. Anyway, if you don't get out spearfishing a lot and you sort of revert on your skills, as you've mentioned before, when you have long- Regress, pit, I think regress When you point. have a regression of skills and you don't, you may only shoot in Southeast Queensland, four fish for the day, a terrible day out here. Uh, you, can, you can take the wings and use more of the fish so you don't have to um, worry about not having just fillets in the freezer. You can feed your family on this, well, more than a family on this
0: one. And they, they take up flavour pretty well.
1: Definitely. Uh, I think any meat on a bone is always good. Um, I think whole fish, when you cook it, tends to taste a little bit different because it's got the flavour of all the marrow and other bits and pieces going
0: through the fish. So
1: yeah, I think this thing cool. will
0: taste good. Um, all right, so we've got a bit of a, a spice rub here from Honky Outdoors. I've it's been wanting the... to try these
1: for a while. Yeah, yeah, I just haven't shot anything when I've had these in my possession. So thank you, Ben, for sending these to me.
0: Yeah, Once, it's, the one salt, it's the Salt Bay mix for reference, so you can buy that on honkyoutdoors.com.au, I think it is. Google it, that one. Yeah. Would you like to do this and I'll hold the phone? Okay. Do you want to hold the mic too then? You've got the Tony Robbins thing, I don't have that. The Tony Robbins is spearfishing Daniel Mann. Oh, I don't know about that.
1: Is that the recommended amount of spice rub? Um, I believe the expression is the more the merrier. More the merrier, definitely. Make sure you get all these
0: edges of the flaps, you don't want to just go in the middle of the flap. There's nothing like Shrek's fingers in your fish, that's all I can say. Um, So we're going to start cooking this on the top side or bottom side? I think so on the top side just to try and get a little little
1: bit of crispy on this side. Uh, What I find on barbecue plates, inevitably fish is quite flaky and it falls apart and you end up having a horrible time. So I always like to leave the scales on if I'm going to do it on a barbecue because it doesn't matter too much if the scales get burnt or left on there and they come away a little bit easier. Um, you can eat the skin on a barramundi like this, but it's pretty thick and leathery. Not my favorite sort of skin okay. skin to eat on a, on a fish. But for smaller fish, as we'll do in a little bit, um, you can most certainly eat the skin. So I'd probably actually get it on the meaty part of the fish. Uh, in, ah. Look at you correcting my work. I'm just adding to the... The, the fingers, the, the fingers soup. Down that bit there. Anyway, this is a bit weird. All right, so
0: <laughs> are we going to rub the other side before we put it on the barbie?
1: There's, there's not really a lot of point rubbing on, on scales um, yeah. because the flavour doesn't really go through them in my experience. So Unless
0: they, you use something like this, and then you can get oh, a the new, of
1: those. Can you tell me a little bit more about this instrument?
0: So it's a revolutionary scaler. You've got large on one size, fine on the other. And you just, you just deal to your fish, make sure you do it somewhere where... Your wife's not going to bash you if there's scales left all over the ground and everywhere else I did Have you ever seen Trevor's video where he uses the gurney where is Trevor? Trevor <laughs> uses a gurney to scale a fish um, it's class act, but he does it down the side of his shed.
1: I try so, uh, try and avoid putting fresh water on something on fish that I'm going to eat. Um, yeah. I
0: think it's osmosis that destroys yeah, the cells yeah. from a salty and, animal and,
1: to a fresh animal
0: and where the scales sort of like it's almost like the like feathers on a bird, like there's like a where they a, sit in the paw. divot. The divot. Yeah, yeah. and that, that holds if that holds moisture, that's where you get bacteria and all the other nasty stuff.
1: I was gonna try and do the the knife skinning okay. scaling method, but right. um, I'm it's... not gonna
0: I'm not gonna do that. It's too okay, hard. so we're
1: just gonna barbecue? I think so, yeah. Right. So everyone knows how to use a barbecue. Yeah. Um, oil, oil, etc. You're not supposed to heat olive oil too hot, but no other It hasn't
0: got a super high smoke point has
1: it? It doesn't have a super high smoke point and you kill all the antioxidants in it when you reach it above about 40 degrees allegedly. Um, if you are doing something with oil on a plate I recommend folding away from you so you don't splash yourself because if you put that end down and go splash it this way you get hot oil coming at your face but if you put it down this way um, oh look at that when it splashes it splashes that way if it does splash at all but that's just something to be aware of. If you're doing it in a fry pan with small wings, just place it away from you so you don't get burning hot oil all over you. Or just get one of these Noob Spiro aprons and then you don't have to worry about that either.
0: Catch and um, cook Noob Spiro certified. That'll be available on NoobSpiro.com. Uh, Only $105 each or something similar. Really? No, nah, no. Nah, I think they're about, <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head how much that cost. All right. Uh, so that's,
1: that's that one cooking away. Um, I'm a big fan of the hood on the barbecue just to keep the heat in so it sort of cooks from both sides. The scales will probably pop up a bit. Okay, um, We'll see how it goes. We might flip it. We might not. We'll see how it's sticking. Okay. But that can just...
0: So while that is cooking, did you want to start the butterfly fish?
1: Yes. Uh, so another thing that I've learned about shooting small fish and not many of them is it's good to use as much as you can because this is a... See for for Australia, this is quite a small fish. Um, This is a grassy and I assure you it is of legal size. It is 35 centimetres. They have to be 30 centimetres, it probably was. Um, Quite quite tough to hunt at times. uh, This wasn't one of those instances when it was a tough one to hunt. Uh, I I was hoping
0: for a real epic
1: story there. um, Well, I sat on a plane wreck and it swam up over the top at me and turned that way and said, Bring me to Adreno, and so I did. Uh, So yeah, anyway, not a not great for fillets, but anyway, small fish. um, If you just take the fillets off this, you might feed yourself just once. You know, if you're um, you know growing lad or growing woman or growing whatever.
0: If you've got an appetite. Looking at me while you're saying growing,
1: that's quite I I think you look the best shape I've seen you in a long time. (laughs) It's because of the
0: apron. It's swimming.
1: Basically if you take the fillets off this you're not going to get a whole lot of a, a meal but if you do this for two people by butterflying it out and you're using the wings and the head and all that other stuff you tend to get a lot more meat off it and it's just a good way to not have to shoot so many fish if your skills have progressed or you just don't <laughs> want to shoot something or just want to eat a really tasty fish. So this one I've scaled just with a, a similar scaling device to this and I've also gutted it.
0: Can you, can you quickly discuss dry aging as well? I've, I've not really done too much of it. To be oh, hard. really?
1: No, I've left fish too long in the fridge.
0: Yeah. Um, not, <laughs> if that counts as dry ageing, but not on So you on, haven't like, consciously removed all the moisture from them and then hung them for a couple of days?
1: I haven't done the hanging thing. I've done the, the scaling method where you um, cut the scales off. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, there's an Instagram reel coming soon of that. I did. Um, but it does take a bit of practice to get used to. And yeah. If you're not dry-aging, what's what's the point? It was just more for something to do in lockdown, really.
0: Ah, yeah. um, oh, cool. So anyway... I was, um, gonna, I was just going to say, like, if you do get into dry-aging, it doesn't actually have to be that difficult. The only trick is... Have you the, done it? Yeah, yeah. And I've done it the poor man's way, so it's probably more relevant to people wanting to have a go at it sure. for the first time. Um, dry the hell out of it. Like, absolutely get in with your paper towels and get it really dry um, under the scales. Scale yeah. it if you can first, and then... Um, I just literally wrapped it in paper towels, put it in a Ziploc bag and hung it in the fridge for two days. Did it taste any it better? It tasted way better, yeah. Really? Yeah, because it goes through the rigor mortis process. So it starts breaking the, f- the flesh down and all of the proteins become softer and the Japanese call it umami. That flavour sort of profile settles the fifth in. The flavour. Yeah, even if you want to have ceviche like that, as long as you've removed the moisture, because that's, that's, that's what introduces the bacteria and then that's what makes them go feral. There you so, go. So Yeah. So this would be way better if you did that, so I was just saying, just, yeah, there you go. Okay,
1: so do that first if you want to make it way better. Just somebody idea. Uh, so
0: the idea behind this, if
1: you've filtered a fish before, you know the general anatomy of a fish, that it has a backbone, it has spines that go upwards, goes downwards, goes to the dorsal rays, and this is essentially trying to remove the spine while keeping the fish intact so you can open it up and flatten it out like a big fat toad. Generally, they kind of come out looking like a toad. They look completely um, different than when you they shoot They look completely those, different. Sure. But one thing that is easier for can this you, method can, is can scissors. You, can you just lay out all the tools you're going to use? Uh, in this I will use. So if you, I'm going to go fully deboned. So you, yep. you will use, you need fish tweezers or some really clean tweezers that you use for your eyebrows or, you know, other parts of your body. Yep. And or some long nose pliers that are very clean. Um, yeah, just to get the, the pin bones out so you can have a completely bone-free experience. So the first thing I do generally is... Sorry, and then scissors? Scissors for cutting through the pin bones to get the spine okay. out. You can cut through it with a knife, but scissors generally yep. easier. Um, is and that then, pretty
0: much it? And a knife.
1: Oh, yeah. And a oh, victory yeah. six-inch boning knife, made in New Zealand, non-stained, the 909
0: Catch and cook, engraved. That one, engraved. Yep. That one. Uh, so take off the dorsal rays. I think sometimes when I'm about to do something for the first time, I just like a really logical picture of like, okay, what do I need? Lay it all out, then I'm like, okay, cool. I've got my head around it kind of thing.
1: Cutting the spines off generally just helps it um, lay a bit flatter when you're done. So might be a bit hard to see, but you're going to fill it down either side of the spine in kind of upside down fashion. So you go down this side of the, anal spines down to the tail.
0: If you're not already, um, just log on in to Instagram and check out the Noob Spiro live and you can watch some of this footage up close. It's probably shaky and not even pointed at the right target, but that's what you get with a B grade cameraman. Um,
1: so just to show, you can see here going down either side of that, that's the spine there, Those. Um, the uh, spikes of the spine, the vertebra, vertebrae, vertebrae, that go down to the anal spikes there and there's the spine you can see in there. So I'm just taking that all the way to the top of the fish without trying to go all the way through it. Um, otherwise, it It's a will... decent job, Dan. Thank you. I have been packing it about this when I decided to do this for the demonstration the entire time. Um, So then once you get down to the tail, um, if you've never done much with cutting through spines, it's way easier just to stick your knife through the vertebra joint, vertebrae joint. Does anyone know what the correct term is? Vertebrae. Vertebrae joint, the joint where it's mushy, comes through easier.
0: Um, Is this one of those living in the UK things where you start to take on their accent, but it hasn't fully made the crossover yet, and so some words you're unsure how to pronounce?
1: I thought vertebrae and vertebrae were as a singular
0: and plural, that's (laughs) what I was getting at. Um,
1: So just cutting through there, or if it's a small fish, like this. If you're
0: South African it's vertebrae. Vertebrae, bang,
1: spiro dad Dad, jokes coming in. Or you can use scissors just to cut through the spine there, like that. So then take it up to, this is where the rib cage is, this is where it can get a little trickier. If you have a bigger fish, scissors are easier, but with a small fish you can generally Cut through the ribs but I'm just going to play it safe and do it with scissors so I don't completely balls it up uh, so you just go through the ribs snipping them off like that
0: on either side so those scissors are they like chef's scissors or like uh they're just like kitchen scissors I stole from right. my brother's house okay cool. Um, they again, seem a bit more robust than you yeah dog.
1: they're like I guess they're kitchen scissors um yeah Thank you, Jesse, for lending me your stuff at your house down the road, lastminute.com. Well, it's no good relying on Shrek to bring stuff. That's no, sure. you didn't bring that's a grater, so that's a it's not gonna be very good. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so now we're down to here, and you can sort of see it taking shape a little bit. You've still got the, the ribs in here, which we've cut through that were attached at this spine here. So now the next step is to find the last vertebrae joint before the head, cut through that, and then try and remove the spine, and I get the scissors and cut it out that way. Okay.
0: So. So we're, we're filleting it sort of upside down, each side alongside, keeping it flush. Then we're scissoring through the rib cage, and now we are about to saw through the head?
1: Uh, not not the quite the of sawing
0: the of the head yet, but
1: okay. we're getting down into the nitty gritty here. Um, so. Okay. And also very nice eating fish, the, the grassy emperor. Um, as you can see, the meat is nice and white
0: apart from where I've
1: shot it through the middle when it was looking at me, but other than that, it's nice and white and good.
0: Sometimes when you go to a seafood buffet, I've seen this done a few times. I don't think I've been to a seafood buffet. How's this looking? Is this
1: on fire? No, we're good. Cool. Um, So I tend to start from the back and work my way up. So you're just trying to cutting through a few little So you do need scissors for this. Um, I tell a lie, you do need scissors. But you're sort of cutting through to the top where the dorsal spine is, um, just up the back here. That's why I cut those spines off because it makes it a bit easier for the fish to lie flat. Um, They're very thin up here, so this is probably the only bone that should be left in the entire process.
0: I thought we were gonna get a Brisbane burnout there for a bit of background ambiance. There we go.
1: So that's essentially what you're trying to cut out there. If you want, you can throw that on the barbecue and eat that. Might as well do that just because there's a little bit of meat on there. But generally, smaller fish that you're doing this with, there's not too much meat on there. So if you're really picky, you could barbecue that or whatever. Soup
0: or stock. Stock, do whatever
1: you want. Yeah. But uh, most of the throw on the barbecue instead. Um, See what that tastes like. Uh, Maybe I'll do it over on the the grilly part. Um, Okay, so that is kind of where we're at now. This is the part that generally Scares me because I always think I'm going to cut my hand off. Trying to split the head in half. Uh, so that's, what we're, that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, the only bones that are there are the pin bones there and the rib bones on either side. Now just to get this nice and flat, I will split the lower jaw. And then this is the hardest part. So the, the spine that connects to the back of the head um, is kind of where you want to split it in half because that's always in the centre. Um, so yeah, I try and get in here. Uh, and then you can just kind of fold the fish, fish's head out flat once you get through the, put a little cut here, like that, and then lay it out flat. And there's the brain, so you can wipe the brains out, and as you can see, it kind of looks like a toad or something really ugly, but... It's like a jobby. Yeah, a little small jobby. Yeah. Um, not that I've shot jobfish that small, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, it does look a little bit like a jobby. But I tend to wipe the brains out. Some people are into that. You can leave it in there if you want. Now you can definitely cook it like that, uh, but if you want it to lay flat, I just put a little cut in the tail flat there, so it all lays flat. The best way I've found to do this is in an oven because otherwise it sticks to everything else. I would just lay that on top of the oven tray with the not a tray, the grilly.
0: What's that called? Grill tray. Yeah, like the. Like just, the, shelf, the just the shelf, yeah, the shelf yep. with the
1: wiry bits. And if you lay it, you just put some olive oil on that side, lay it down this side, and then put olive oil on this side. The skin will crisp up, it will blister, looks like bunions, but they're very tasty looking bunions. And that's generally it. But to take it one step further, taking out the, the ribs. Bones. The pin bones are the ribs. So if you're kind of familiar with filleting a fish, you'll realize that the pin bones are going to be here. You can feel for them wherever they are. They're near the ribs, so you can just grab a rib. I start at the back, and then
0: pull it out. This bit can be a little bit tedious, but... It's just, you know, you, like you Especially if you're feeding young kids, you don't want, like, bones and stuff in them.
1: There you go. Helps to put your fingers on the front of the rib just to try and steady it to get the angle right, and then you can get a grip. So they do get kind of big, so you don't
0: want to eat those, um, generally speaking. They are kind of weird, eh? Like, it's like the sinew holds them until you get that angle. Exactly right. It's like that it's, it's like the bones
1: are actually there to hold the fish together in its body for it not to fall apart or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like they're there for a purpose other than us eating it. Talking um, about
0: fish biography, though, uh, um, biology, though, their, their composition is a bit different. Like, even the way their muscles are laid out. Like um, I, mean, I guess that's why they move differently through the water, but it's, it, it can be interesting to geek out with marine biologists about this stuff.
1: Um, but, um, definitely the barramundi is quite a bit different when it comes to taking the fillets off them. They only have one or two pin bones generally when you take a fillet out because you know, normally the traditional thing where you have a, a fillet and you go along the, that yeah. lateral line and you, you know, cut a big wedge yeah. out. A barramundi, if you feel it it's got one or two there depending on oh, wow. how good a job you've done it. So you generally get a massive big slab off them, um, which is good.
0: And what do you go to uh, recipes with barra? I'm a big barra burger fan. It's a bit...
1: It's a bit basic, Uh, it's a bit naff, but I just... Do you mince it up or...? No, not at all. Uh, I I just take a a slab of barramundi, um, generally as thick as the shoulder, because I just like a a big slab, because you're never going to get that anywhere else, Um, and panko crumbs, brioche bun, cheese, alfalfa sprouts, Mm. koopy mayo, lime, and
0: avocado. One thing I love about your YouTube channel is that you have learned a whole lot of different ways to cook, because I think... Speaking for myself, like you tend to get two or three go-to recipes and just slam Definitely. them over and over and over, yep. so it's and good to get out of your comfort zone try something a little bit different.
1: It makes spearfishing a little bit more exciting when you see something that's not normally what you'd shoot and you go, I'm going to shoot that, so I was in Bundaberg last week and I dived on some artificial wrecks out there, and I saw some silver trevally about a kilogram, and that's the first thing I wanted to shoot, just because I know how good they make a sashimi. A little one kilogram silver trevally, normally something that nobody cares about in this part of the world. Everyone goes, "What did you shoot that for?" But you know, if you're not worried about shooting a big fish or anything like that, and you're just looking yeah. for purely food, I mean, they're, they're fantastic. They're everywhere. Not many people seem to target them, so it's a good fish to to go for. I probably wouldn't recommend lionfish though, bubble blowers here are probably a bit um, yeah, bit protective bit of lionfish. Yeah.
0: Well they look pretty cool underwater.
1: Once you've taken the ribs out, you can then feel the pin bones, so you can, I don't know if you can see that, but um, that's what it looks like without the ribs. It's very sort of flaccid. Um, and flaccid, yeah, then it's Flaccid now. Is that, is that the correct word? <laughs> You're going through all the good adjectives tonight. Um, and then you can nip out the pin bones if you can get a good grip on them and find them Um, so it is a bit fiddly but yeah they're the kind of little pin bones that you're trying to get out that's going to totally get lodged in a toddler's throat so you really want to make sure you get it all out Um, then again I get super scared when I feed my nieces and nephews fish Uh, whole fish I tend to just go for big fillets for them
0: what's your go-to with um, feeding fish to kids do you just do a classic sort of Fish taco. You
1: can do whatever you want as long as there's tomato sauce on hand, uh, uh, generally yeah. with, with kids, um, from, from my experience. Um, but I, well, actually, my, my nephew's all right. Like I, he, he, the one in New Zealand, he eats lots of different things, so you can feed him anything um, and, he, and he'll eat it. Um, I think a crispy skin one's quite nice, but we don't, I didn't go diving today to get the fish for the, the crispy skin.
0: Um, Should we flip that barra? Uh, yeah, why not?
1: Yep, why not? Let's flip it. Uh, so we'll see how that's going. Trevor, do you have a gazunder?
0: I didn't bring one either. Okay. Um, yeah, you borrow spatula, this. It
1: goes under, a gazunder?
0: Um, what do you call it?
1: A gazunder. Is that? What is it goes it? under. Ah, never heard it. Um, there's that one grilled up, there you go. Uh, I think it'll be fine. It's pretty robust, this slab.
0: Beautiful, paint scraper, A little there. there we ah, we don't need it, okay. So anyway, it's looking
1: pretty halfway decent um, at the moment. Uh, it's starting to cook through there, so we might crank it up and cook it through the underside. Uh, another good thing about um, cooking this way first is when you cook up from the underside, the juices tend to not run out the bottom of the fish because the skin and the scales are sort of an impermeable yeah. layer. So if you cook it this way, then it should theoretically be a little bit more juicy but um, mm. with the bones I don't think we're going to have a problem so I might crank that up a bit uh, should we Where did it? you shoot this fish? Uh, what day is it? Um, I shot it on Monday at Monday before gone I shot it at what time was low tide Yeah, I think I shot it about 10.45 in the morning after, my, after Timothy shot one about three days before
0: so, Oh wow yeah. so Pretty bad, dirty inshore water this time of year. How did you guys manage to get your timing right while you were here? Uh,
1: lots of uh, exploration over the years and knowing what sort of timing. Um,
0: how much? Could... How much time did you guys put into learning about Barrett and how to hunt them and actually show up when the water's clean enough? Uh,
1: well, I think over about a. Well, how many trips have I done? Probably done like. 40 or 50 trips looking for barra. Wow. Um and just...
0: And how many, hit, like success rate?
1: I think I've shot over a hundred, so probably oh. decent <laughs> amount. Well, some of that's like long, long trips, you know, like multiple yeah. days and that sort of stuff. But if you shoot, oh. you know, you shoot one, you shoot two. You can shoot five legally, but um, I mean, there's a lot of fillet, filleting to do at the end of that. Um, Biggest one? 14 or 15 kilos. Okay, so how big was this fish? 13 and a half. Okay. 105 centimeters. But interestingly, Tim's was 108 centimeters, and his was about 100 grams lighter than mine. Okay. So. Um, so shallow water. Six meters. Yeah, nice. Um, six meters, maybe like four meters visibility. Um, so yeah. private conversations after for
0: marks and locations.
1: You just got to go looking. Got to put <laughs> in the time. Uh, I think Trevor's put in a lot of time in his in in his uh, in over the years and and had some success. Uh, also, just. Um, yeah, like knowing, yeah, not not going to a spot and having it fail, saying why was it the visibility dirty? What can I do different? Different weather conditions. Also, this year there's been lots of, um, you know, lots of floods, so it's pushed a lot of those fish out into, um, into the saltwater a bit more no, than okay. in the upper reaches. And it hasn't rained for a long time at the moment, so you start putting these things together. And I think 2012. Uh, there was the big floods then, and a Wonga dam at Gladstone spilled over 100,000 Barra Monday and 2012, 2013 was just turbo for Barra. Um, yeah. You'd see big schools of them, so cool. yeah.
0: Are you following at Old Man Blue Dive on Instagram yet? Bert Calder, creator of the Old Man Blue Dive Gear. Is an absolute legend. There are people that froth on the spearing life and intentionally make super hard wearing and practical gear that will stand the test of time. Visit oldmanblue.com.au and check out a bunch of tough, robust equipment made by people that are just as passionate about spearing as you are. Oldmanblue.com.au Equalizing problems can be something that derail you. Not today, my friend. Go to freedivingfamily.com. Check out either the Frenzel and Advanced Frenzel video or the Mouthful and Deep Frenzel Equalization course at freedivingfamily.com. You can use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course at freedivingfamily.com. These courses are put together by Adam Stern and a select team of, of, of legends and to help you overcome different issues and help you perform better. And some of them are extremely relevant for Freedive Spearing. Check it out at freedivingfamily.com. Use the code SPIRO to get 20% off any course.
2: Hey Shrek, holy smokes my big green friend. You guys have been smashing it over there. Every episode of the Noob Sparrow podcast is full of actionable spearfishing info. Over here at Spearing Magazine HQ, it's the same, buddy. It's exciting times, and I'm stoked that so many Noobers are submitting their adventures, lessons learned, and pictures here at spearingmagazine.com. Just wanted to say that Noobers can get an international subscription at spearingmagazine.com. Also, they can check out our in-the-face apparel, or get a subscription to the greatest spearing magazine on the planet right here, at spearingmagazine.com. Shrek, love the Noob Spiro podcast. This is Jeremy from Spearing Magazine. Thank you, my friend.
0: Shall we get into this
1: carpaccio? Carpaccio, yes, sure. Uh, I'm just going to get the rest of the pin bones out of this, um, out of this thing here, uh, but we can get the carpaccio. Did I see some forks somewhere? Um, No. On the Monday um, note about how many times I've been there, we actually have a mark that we call Greenhouse because we're convinced that the amount of times we've gone there, we just burn fuel and it adds the greenhouse emissions because I've been there 20 times and been able to dive it about three times. So we have a spot that we call Greenhouse because it's a long way from anywhere, but if you get it good, it's, um, it is good. So okay. yeah, just be prepared to do a lot of miles, spend a lot of money on fuel and um,
0: yeah. But the adventure's worth it. I think one thing I got out of your YouTube channel, even though you made the transition to the UK, where the water's obviously a lot dirtier, you guys get fewer species, um, you've still- It gets
1: clean sometimes, you get three
0: meters vis some days. But you manage to keep the stoke and the joy and you tell a really good story and you share your fails as much as anything, which I really enjoy. I think everybody has them, so that's why it's kind of
1: relatable. Um, like I'm having a little bit of a fail finding all the pin bones on this. Um, no guarantees, anyone that eats this, that it's going to be pin bone free. Um, and that feels pretty decent. Doorway.
0: Are we gonna use the same rub and barbecue that as well? Why not? Um, I mean,
1: grassy emperor, a very, very delicate sort of flavor um, along with the red-throat emperors, they're really nice to eat so you probably don't need, a. you could just, actually, I, was, I did have a plan for this one. Okay. Um, I was just gonna do some Classic sort of Mediterranean thing that they do there is just olive oil, lemon juice, oregano over the top, and that's kind of just their all-purpose dressing for aubergines, courgettes, peppers, fish, the works. Um, yeah, I guess it, as they say, it grows together, goes together, so that's what they do. Um, but that there is a finished—I uh, think that's called a reverse butterfly uh, fish. But that's um, yeah, a lot less wastage uh, compared to. Filleting a fish that you're going to have. So, I mean, you can even do uh, a bream this way or something like that. Um, Any sort of fish that's small uh, makes it pretty easy. Um, Looks a bit funky, but um, yeah, something different. If you've got time, if you've got kids, you probably don't have time to do all that, as I've found out seeing my nieces and nephews
0: over the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, if you've got time, why not? Do you like to oven bake it or steam it? Is that right?
1: I normally oven bake that. I just stick it on the, the tray, olive oil, and then you put the grill on the top that like you're making a toasted sandwich or something like that. And just to, you'll see the skin start bubbling up and crisping up and it kind of looks like bunions, but it tastes
0: good. So what are we gonna do now with it? Do we have an oven? No. We've okay. Got to, we've got to. Well, we're gonna do a barbecue with it. Um, so yeah, I think we'll, we'll
1: try the barbecue. We're not gonna get that sort of crispy on the top, hot element uh, going to it. Um, this is looking pretty decent. Um, maybe. Um,
0: telling if a fish is done or not telling uh, if a fish is it's done it's very inaccurate science as far as I'm concerned uh, like with, with um, you know American barbecue now everyone's got a meat thermometer have you ever used them on fish a meter meat thermometer
1: the brand's called meter oh are they oh, right. it, it is um, I do have one but I've never used it for fish okay. um, I don't know, generally for seeing if a fish is done uh, a fork is generally a good way because if it has resistance it's it feels like the fish is raw and yeah that's generally what I do so to check this you could just I mean it's quite a, a slab there but you can see that still a little bit raw in the middle. Uh, I do getting there it's just the juicy. Um,
0: mm.
1: I mean you could probably eat that I reckon that I don't think that's far off look at that. Okay. What do you think? It's not that raw oh, to be honest. It looks
0: good. Yeah um, let's pull it off it'll keep going for another couple of minutes. Anyway. Uh, I think just maybe this thick part might be a bit.
1: Um, a bit more done? Uh, we need a little bit more. But anyway, do um, oh.
0: we're still going to do something with that, yeah? We're going to do something with that,
1: yeah. Uh, do we have another thing to rest it on at all? Like uh, a plate or something? OK.
2: okay.
1: Well, anyway. Uh, so uh, yeah. this thing and other bits, uh, oregano. Pretty easy to, to find. So
0: these edibles, are they pretty common in people's gardens?
1: My dad has a, an immense garden uh, with all sorts of things growing in it, so he just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's called a um, Dianthus? Yep. Dianthus? Someone grows, I don't know. Um, apparently they're edible, we'll find out. Um, <laughs> I trust dad. Um, so yeah, I just chop up a bit of this sort of gear, as usual, salt and pepper onto the fish. Um, because we can't crisp up the skin, it might be a bit, um, Difficult to get off the barbecue, but we'll make it work. So try and attempt to crisp the skin if we get salt on it. Salt's always a a great, great dehydrator if you're ever doing crispy skin stuff. So even if you just scale the fish and you want to get crispy skin, if you put salt on the top, stick it in the fridge, fridges dehydrate things really well, stick it uh, uh, skin side up, that'll get the skin even more dehydrated, so if you want to get a crispy skin, you need to remove moisture because moisture is the enemy of crispiness. And so yeah, always throw a bit of salt on, and then, and then the other side, salt because it makes everything taste better. And then, chopped oregano uh, over the top. Barbecues tend to cook the crap out of this sort of stuff, so you, don't, you can't really go too much. Uh, and then we'll take this off, so we get the tray clean.
0: So, Just my tech skills as usual. Amy was just helping me. All right, that's very warm.
1: Yeah. I'm going to move this. I reckon that's good. Let that rest. That'll be fine. Um, and Just so we can wipe this barbecue. That's got blood on it.
0: As you can tell, guys, we run live cooking classes every week. Oh, big time. Um, so we're very professional. It's a seamless, seamless operation. operation. And uh, we're anyway. making... Lots of headway, it'll happen. We're doing a really good job. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Uh, so normally
1: I'd mix this together with the olive oil to get an emulsion, but we don't have that luxury. So we'll just give it some of these ones. Uh, a bit of lemon.
0: How do you mix it? Do you add anything else? What, what ratio T- olive just- oil to- just a splash and a splash. A splash and a splash. <laughs> Till til it mixes. Typical Spiro ingredients. Um, you can imagine putting together the book with 158 recipes. It's
1: like you have an entire Spiros. email in yeah. a meeting about yeah. working about um, unified quantities. Are we going American? Are we going yeah. not American? Uh, so anyway, super simple, just like that. I'll put that face down. It's probably going to stick, but you can only do what you can do. Um, And it doesn't take a long time to cook because it's so thin um, as opposed to doing a whole fish that if you've ever you know, baked a whole fish, it's this, this thick, but this is gonna cook twice as fast. So we'll crank it up and try and get it hot because when you've got a thin piece like this, if you want to get it crispy, um, if you're going for the, leave it on for a long time to get it crispy, it's gonna be cooked through. So I tend to bring up the heat a bit when it's a thinner fish like this.
0: What are you sort of thinking two, three minutes?
1: I just feel it. <laughs> um, I don't know, Just you just get a, a, a feel or a, or a vibe for it. While um, we're waiting on
0: that, are we going to feed yes. some people? Okay. Uh <laughs> Yeah, do you want to do you want to give it a go first? Okay. Um, why not? I've got some forks here. Thanks, Craig. Tina. Paper towel to the max. Uh, you go, uh, buddy. So anyway, we've um, got to be our own
1: victims first. Sure. So So this is
0: mystery fish, yeah?
1: Well, I know what it is, but yeah, it's kind of mystery. But I don't. You don't, no. Oops. It's good. Try this one. Mm. Which do you prefer?
0: This is more flavoursome,
1: eh? Is it? Okay, right. 100%. Um, It's certainly not bad, the other one, though, is it? It's not inedible in any way. No should we get some volunteers and get them to guess what species yeah if anyone wants to have a go and see what's what yeah come on up brother.
0: help yourself to a fork and then um that's uh that's one side you have to you have to leave your guess after you've had a bit yes um
1: but just get a fork full of it get all the the flowery bits in it um any tips no, no um, one is, uh, I can't give that as a tip. Um, one, one's normally rated as a fish that would get a, lo- a lot of people saying, oh what did you shoot that for? And one of them is, that's what we're targeting today because it's the best fish in the world. Um,
0: coral trout, this man says coral trout. Which one coral trout? That one trout that one mullet. Okay.
1: mullet. Right, if only on. I was so lucky to find some mullet on this tour.
0: Alright, good good guesses, gents. Good. Does it taste any good? That's the other thing. Yeah, <laughs> good. No? Not good on that. What do you reckon, Bo? Okay. No idea what it is. They wouldn't bloody know. My
1: only hint is both species are found in the UAE. <laughs> That's of no help to us Brisbaneites. <laughs> They're not endemic species to Australia. OK. Uh, in the interim, I'm just going to try and have a peek at this bad boy and see where it's at. What do you reckon, Jack? Looks halfway. Snapper? Oh. Yeah, it's looking all right. Oh.
0: OK.
1: It's all hot, all hot, Which one hot. did you prefer?
0: You like? OK. All right. Sorry.
1: Has, has anyone actually preferred the left-hand yeah, yeah, yeah. side? Oh, Jack well them. done.
0: Goldfish and finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nemo, but and one wins, uh, sure. that one was Dory. Okay. One of them, Sergio. Sergio, It's a, it's a, good, oh, guess. Oh, a good guess. That is a good guess. It's,
1: it's a good guess. One of them you find more in New South Wales and one of them you find more in Queensland, I would say. We well, find both in both states, but one's more prevalent in Queensland.
2: I think I prefer the
0: right. OK. Oh, the left's still good. All right, sweet. I, I think nah, that one's still the same. Lena. Yeah, it's all good. Any guess on species? Do you like it? All right. All right, Dan. Dan. Oh, oh. OK. For everyone down. that's had some and those that haven't, what two species did we have? The right-hand side was... Sorry, a, no, let's just so for save confusion. This side here. The one that people least preferred. Yeah. That was a golden trevally. Golden trevally. Two people found that they liked that. Okay. And then on this side? Spanish mackerel. Spanish mackerel, so...
1: But generally, golden trevallys if someone puts one in a boat, no one's ever really impressed. And that, that was actually a 12 kilo uh, golden trevally. So, you know, like people saying, oh, you can't eat them, they're inedible and that sort of stuff. It's just... Maybe it's the way you're cooking it or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, for me that it, it tastes great. It tastes fine. The silver trevallys, the little ones I prefer, they're a bit more delicate, but it's still very edible for people out there that, um, you know, are worried, you know, worried about social media, people saying, oh, you shot us golden trevally. What are you doing? And that sort of thing, um, because that happens a lot. Um, I've very much changed my mind. I, I'm. No shame admitting that I used to be very much, if it's not a mangrove jack, a tuskfish or a coral trout or (laughs) a parrotfish, I'm I'm not interested in eating it. But um, very much changed my tune.
0: Now there's no such thing as a a bad fish, just a bad cook?
1: Generally speaking, yes. Some fish are a little more difficult to make taste good, that way. Yeah. this but one? Before this one this one, one going to be difficult? Uh, it's going to be difficult to flip because it's kind of, it has no bones in it, so it, um, it's kind of falling apart
0: because um, that is what happens um, with a whole fish. But I'd say we're about 30 seconds off eating it. Yeah, I
1: might just turn the plate off and eat it off the plate. That's probably a bit easier because we don't have another serving thing. Um, but that's, that's that. If you do it in an oven, it sticks together a little bit easier and you can take it off the tray in one go. Um, but would you like to get stuck into the, the barramundi to see what you think of that?
0: Um, okay. And then I think we might go to everyone here to see if they've got some questions for... Totally. Fire away. ...Dan Man or Noob Spiro. Um, use your fingers on that. Guy. I'm just going to rip a bit out. Just use your
1: fingers. It'll be fine. Is it, is it hot? Uh, it is a little bit hot. Have you ever had a wild saltwater barramundi? Oh,
0: it's good. It's really good.
1: Um, so that's, that's a meal that's going to feed maybe six or eight adults at a barbecue that generally gets thrown away uh same thing with kingfish as well kingfish collars are really nice the belly flap tends to have a lot of fat on it really nice so um yeah it's just one thing that i would say if you've got the opportunity give it a go can we invite everyone up to fill your boots go for it yeah um, oh you wanted a
0: shot before we start people eat?
1: Um, also on oh. the on the barramundi front a lot of people get a bit um funny saying i don't like barramundi because i've eaten it at restaurants and it's Crap, but they're one of those magical fish that lives in salt water and fresh water so most of the stuff that you get at a restaurant that's you know Australian grown it's always going to be in a freshwater pond that's fed pellets or whatever and they're they're just a completely different animal as far as I'm concerned I mean you can even um, you can see when you uh, some of those ones that came over the Out of the dams in in 2012 and 2013 you could you'd get one and you'd you'd cut it open and the meat's gray and disgusting Um, but when you get a a saltwater one that's been out in the salt for a while they're beautiful it's like a light pink color really nice
0: fish to eat Um, yum yeah come up help yourselves guys um, and um i might take some questions while we are all eating and Mm -hmm. hoeing in did anyone have any questions for dan You can talk barra hunting specifically if you like, or YouTube related questions, hunting tips for barramundi. I'll, well, let's get started with that, Dan. How do you hunt barramundi? You go with no expectations
1: because you can swim around a long time and not see one, but suddenly they're there. Um, you need to be very observant of what you're doing, um, the way you move underwater, because they're very, they're very well, they're really big predatory fish and they they are very sensitive to movement. I find, uh, you know, if you start slapping your gun or your weight belt on rocks, they they tend to spook so nice, slow, slow movements like most fish. Um, another thing for barramundi is tides. Sometimes I've dive spots. There's not a single fish in sight. And then you go back four hours later and you can you know, basically do this and shoot a barramundi sort of thing. So yeah, nice. Even if you don't see one, you can always learn something from what you're not seeing or what you're not doing um, by observing everything around you, time of the month uh, with regards to the moon, um, how much rain, the wind direction, the, um, how big the tides are, rising tide, falling tide, still tide, low tide, high tide, et cetera.
0: So paying attention? Yeah, you just have to be quite observant can to- Can you replicate sort of conditions, moon phase? tides, rainfall and then sort of you've got a recipe for the future?
1: Barramundi generally live in areas that are coastal in central Queensland sort of if you want to have a red hot go at finding one I would suggest going from Gladstone north Uh, they're just a lot more prevalent but things that affect coastal visibility, high winds, big tides and rainfall so if you have wind that's offshore generally You're not going to stir up the mud because a lot of the bottom structure up there is this sedimentary type mud and and sand and that sort of stuff. It's not hard, sandy rock that we get down around here. Okay. Wind direction is a big one. Bigger tides they move more water that stirs up the bottom. So small tides, offshore winds, and
0: not much rainfall. And make sure you're in season, as well. Love it. Um, How's everyone finding the barra? Enjoying it, yeah. What do you think of that spice rub? Not bad, mean, if, eh? if anyone wants to get like super if anyone wants to try it sp- just
1: um you can spice rip off a, rub honky outdoors there you go you can rip off there that's for you ooh, Here you ooh. go. but yeah fish wings it's a great a great way to
0: maximize your catch mm, um, loving it. and then this part here it's like a fish chippy are we gonna are we gonna see a video on Daniel Man youtube channel the barrow hunting
1: Got a couple videos, but yeah, maybe a more recent one. Yeah, sure.
0: Okay. It'll be coming in,
1: in six months time when I get through my backlog of videos. <laughs> How much
0: footage have you got while you've been on holiday?
1: I uh, filled up a four terabyte drive. Um, so a bit.
0: Wow. And um, highlight of the trip?
1: Uh shooting at Dentex.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Whereabouts?
1: Uh, I shot my first one oh, in Spain. I think I saw um, That was a big highlight because I tried to shoot one for so many years and really not done well on it. Oh, well, you're not eating a chippy. What's chippy? Eat, eat that. Eat the wheat, like eat that. Bite on that. Really? Yes. Oh, good. There you go. You'll know when you have gone too far because it yeah, gets really I'm hard going to too eat. Far. Okay. <laughs> um doing some paper towel. That was excellent. Um that's probably the highlight of the trip. Uh, shot a few more in, in Greece, um, which is also good to get one in the Mediterranean. But, Thank you, um, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, and then, if anyone else wants to try the grassy, um, there shouldn't be, shouldn't be too much, uh, too many bones. Oh, <laughs>
0: guys, can come back up. But there's uh, the grassy is just being served as well now, so come back up and try that as well if you'd like. Normally, it looks a lot more
1: impressive. It's all whole in one piece with the skin side up. That's all blistered, but um, barbecues are not the best thing. So we can try and deconstructed grassy. Yeah um we'll call it that that's also with that um if you've got a wok that's big enough you can just dunk that whole thing in and deep fry the whole thing and that will ensure you keep it
0: together um which is good this is going to be a very different noob spirit podcast episode yeah a lot of eating very visual and, um, very visual um so yeah, I, that's... Can't, I can't say i've done a lot of live cooking before um, i've not done live cooking before either as you can tell you've done remarkably well dan um, everyone's eating the fish and enjoying it, so can't ask for more oh, than that. If anyone wants to...
2: I do have it's, more it's a to massive help.
0: pleasure in spearfishing, isn't it, serving food to, for other people to enjoy. Yeah. Um, also, watch out for bones, because
1: I'm not, I'm not perfect. Um, as my granddad said, if there's bones, they grew there after I filleted it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Cheers. Very
0: welcome.
1: A yeah. Yes. Far away.
0: What's your favorite fish to spear?
1: Uh, favorite fish to spear. Um, favorite fish to spear depends where I am, but I, I guess around Brisbane, I would say snapper just because they're fun to hunt. Um, you actually have to hunt them which is, is good, uh, as I'm finding out. When you, when you go other places where there's not so many fish and you, you return to your home waters, you realize how spoilt you are in Australia with the number of fish, so many fish, and the lack of intelligence in a lot of those fish. Um, but snapper, they can be quite wily, so I really like shooting those. I really like eating them as well, but if I was on the electric chair and I had to have a fish meal for my last meal, I would probably eat, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think a, a big shoulder off a, a Red Emperor is probably a great one to eat. They're just, the bigger they are, the better they taste, is, uh, in my experience. They're just awesome looking fish. You can't really stuff up the cooking. Um, yeah, they're probably one of the best fish I've, I've ever eaten, I would say, Red Emperor. Or a largemouth nanoguy, but I haven't shot too many big ones. So, um, yeah. But Snapper, they're fun to shoot. Um, Red Emperor, they're fun to find, but once you find them, they're pretty, pretty much dead because they're not particularly smart.
0: Um, Yeah. Any more questions for Dan or myself? Otherwise we're probably going to wrap it up and uh, finish off all the beers of course
1: I just want to say thank you everyone for um, coming out tonight again I know I said it at the start but um yeah, it's it's really cool to see so many people show up to watch me attempt to cook something. I hope you have learned something or inspired to try something else or just something a bit a bit different and try and utilise more of the catch. Um, if you want to get really inspired, shameless plug here, but 99 Spiro Recipes, there's been a lot of work going on on that in, in the background. I haven't been involved in recent months, but it's going to be a pretty epic book to to add to the shelf and just give you some inspiration. I mean, most cookbooks... Everyone picks their one or two favourite recipes out of it and don't, doesn't try everything in it, but I think this one um, will be pretty special and you'll, you'll want to try a lot in it. So when that comes out, probably, hopefully for a Christmas present, yeah. might come out. But anyway, thank you very much um, for your attention and, and your time
0: tonight. So go and subscribe to Daniel Mann if you guys haven't already. Uh, it's on YouTube. Or go to diveeverywhere.co. That's... Dive Everywhere. let's have a look. Dive everywhere. Dan's very much about, you know, going all different places and cooking all manner of things, so check it out. Subscribe to him on YouTube again. All good. Thanks for uh, coming tonight, and let's finish off this fish and have a couple of beers. All good. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. It's a little bit, a little bit different, obviously, um, and and possibly could definitely do with the video. Go to again the Adreno YouTube channel and watch that because hopefully they'll have had it edited and it should be up. We recorded it on five different cameras, so uh, it'll tell a different story. Again, go to the Adreno YouTube channel and check that out. Massive partners of the Noob Sparrow and it's awesome being able to put on these live events. Right now, I am over in WA, probably have just recorded a live interview with Vin Rushworth in the Adreno Perth store and uh, it's care of patron listeners. If you want to support the show on an episode-by-episode basis, go to patreon.com forward slash Noob Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Noob Join 52 other legends helping to power the Noob podcast. Hey, next week, we're going subarctic. It's Shetland Spearfishing with Souls Untapped. I had an absolute awesome chat with Josh Haley. Unfortunately, I think we only got about an hour or a bit over into it, and I'm going to have to get Josh back again because he hadn't even finished. We we, we didn't even scratch the surface. So come next week, subarctic, Shetland spearing. He's a frother. It was a really good chat. Hope you enjoy it. I'll catch you then. See ya. Adreno.com.au, the home of recipes, blogs, videos, equipment reviews and an obnoxiously large range of spearfishing equipment for frothers like you. Not only that, but spearfishing trips and courses, courses and trips that I sometimes get to go on. Check them out at Adreno.com.au, it's a Spearow's best friend. Check them out and if you want to buy gear, pump in the code NoobSpearo to save $20 on every purchase over $200. You can use that online, in-store. Use the code NoobSparrow, save some cash, and support the NoobSparrow podcast. Shop with adreno.com.au. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but hoorah! When I say the words Neptonics.com, I automatically want to say it. It is solid gear that works. It's the very best of spearing equipment and components from around the planet. Visit Neptonics.com. It's solid gear that works. Visit Neptonics.com. Use the code Noob10 to save 10% off.